welcome to Nerd Alert! Girls. <laughs> yes, we are ladies. All right, folks, uh, before we get started, I'd like to take a moment to say that as residents of Los Angeles County, we acknowledge our presence, including virtual, on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of indigenous people who are variously referred to as the Gabrielino slash Tungva people and Quiche Nation. That being said, I'm your co-host, Jen, with a G as in a great gal. I know, I say it all the time, y'all need to know by now, I am glamorous. Yes, indeed you are. Hi, I am Bridget, your other host, uh, pronoun she, hers. Yeah, wow, um, this was quite an episode, y'all. <laughs> Jeez, you know, and it's not like the last episode where there was like nothing but action and blood and gore and oh my gosh, did that just happen? No, this episode gave us like a lot of information and Bridget and I were talking about how a lot of uh, plot threads were starting to be woven together here. Certain things that we thought were going to be... Uh, not dropped per se, but things that have sort of been abandoned for the time being to kind of move along the plot have definitely resurfaced. We got Isaiah back. We've got Sharon back for like half a smidge there. So we got some stuff going on, man. It's where do we even begin? Well, I guess we can start with the beginning of the episode, the showdown between John Walker, Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes. Um, you know, Sam being the wholesome peacemaking soul that he is, you know, just says, we don't want anyone else to get hurt. And, you know, meanwhile, in the background, Bucky's cracking his knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that, that was something else that I, I noticed um, was that, like, they're all, like, standing there staring at each other, right? And, and John Walker's like, you don't want to do this. And Bucky's like, yeah, we do. And Bucky's the one who makes the first move. Did you notice that? Oh my gosh, I did. And the thing is, are we even surprised? It's like you said, Bucky was just standing in the background cracking his knuckles. He's ready for a fight, you know? And I, I think we were all there with him, folks. We were all there with Bucky being like, someone punch his punchable face right in the face. Come on, let's go. So the fact that he made the first move did not escape my notice. And it's definitely something that I definitely saw coming. If Because you're right, Sam is such a sweetheart. And he's a peacemaker. Even though he was clearly in shock about what just happened, it didn't stop him from trying to reach out to Walker knowing like, okay, it definitely wouldn't be a good idea to piss off this roid rage guy who just killed a man. You know, let's just get him to calm down and make him realize that, okay, we, we can work with this, you know? It was the heat of the moment. We can work with this. Yeah, he was trying to come from that place of understanding. He's like, I know your friend died. I know that that anger came from a very, you know, dark place in terms of, of grief. But like, you know, at the same time, he's like, but you made a mistake and you need to give up the shield, you know. And then John Walker's all like, oh, I see what you're doing. You almost got me. You're trying to manipulate me. And like over and over again, he talks about like, I did what I had to do. And why are you making me do this as they're fighting? <sighs> Which, by the way, was a very well choreographed fight. Very well shot. Like, it was, like, it was tent. You could feel the palpable tension, you know, just from the moment they were, all three of them were in the same room together. You know, and you really were just like, oh my gosh, they're getting their, oh no, he's getting his ass kicked. Oh no, he's getting his ass kicked. And it was just like, this back and forth, you know. But all this time, um, you know, Walker's just like, see what you're making me do? And I'm, I'm like, this boy, this man, no, this boy is like, <laughs> trying... <laughs> I was going back and forth for a minute. Is going like is is blaming other people for his actions 
you know, which is so typical. But, um, you know, it was just like, so just like, ah, oh, that's just so disgusting. You you refuse any sense of responsibility. It's like, oh, it's because my friend died. It's because of what they did. It's because of what you're doing right now. It's never my fault as, you know, and it's like, ah. Oh. Like, seriously, you can just, the entitlement of that as it is, just that sheer entitlement, like, no, I can do no wrong. Like, you're the ones who are making me do this. The forces outside my control, you know, because I get it. He's he's pissed. Lamar died. They did our boy so dirty. We'll not forgive him for that. But his actions are still his own. And the fact that he was taking it out on poor Sam and Bucky and seriously, that scene where they were fighting, I just was begging for Sam and Bucky to get the upper hand because not only do I want Walker to be punched in the face, but the dude's dangerous. He, w I was genuinely afraid of him, especially after what he did to Nico and what he tried to do to Sam. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like, no, like we talked before about how he had no remorse for what he did, but like the fact that he was going to use the same move over again, where Sam was like on the, on the ground and he was going to just decapitate him with the shield. And I'm just like, you're doing this again, the same brutal, awful thing again. And so when Bucky like comes in, I'm just like, oh, thank goodness, because that looked really bad. I'm just like, and also I'm just like, oh my gosh, he really was just going to do it again. Like no hesitation. No hesitation no remorse it was honestly frightening and even though we all know that sam was going to be fine because you know we still have one more episode left we still have more of the episode left and we saw in the trailers we see sam practicing with the shield so we know that walker's not going to kill him but it, it's more of the idea that he would have if given the chance he would have in a heartbeat in the exact same brutal way that he did with nico and you even see in Sam's eyes that look of, oh, shit. Oh, gosh. You know, that realization that this man wasn't going to stop at, at just apprehending him and Bucky. No, he was he was going to kill them. So the fact that Bucky immediately intervened just got my heart working again, people. That, that was a very intense scene. The whole fight scene was probably like the most action that we see in this episode. But it was definitely the most raw, the most intense brutal you know it was incredibly choreographed just like you said bridget and the thing is how it ends was just as brutal about them having to force the shield off a of walker by breaking his arm Ooh, yeah the sound of it breaking i was like oh like for a moment i thought they killed him i genuinely thought they killed him but well, they're not going to do that to us. Walker's too much of a dislikable character for that for Marvel to get rid of. Well, so I don't think it's in in Sam's nature or I mean, I hope not in Bucky's nature either. He seems to be, I mean, even though Zemo is like insisting cannot be saved and you know what you need to do and Bucky's like, we're going to choose our own path. And I'm like, Bucky, stay that line. You know, I know you were the first one to start fighting, so you know, I know you have that ready let's go sort of thing but just just remember self-control be who you be who you choose to be not what you think other people are telling you you are what the winter soldier program told you you are anyway that's a whole separate conversation we can go into later though i noticed that that's actually kind of a theme throughout this episode with bucky about learning self-control about taking charge of your own actions your own destiny d despite what everyone else is saying despite what position you're put into like he and Sam have that conversation later. He and Zemo have that conversation later. Because throughout the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, 
we see Bucky doing his best to amend what he did as the Winter Soldier. He feels all this guilt and remorse, and he's doing his best to not be that guy anymore. And, you know, we all know he was brainwashed, and he knows that too, but it's still not going to erase the memories. It's not going to stop the nightmares. It's not going to bring these people back. So the fact that Bucky, throughout this whole show, is doing his best to redeem himself and trying not to be the Winter Soldier, trying not to kill. Because now when he kills, it'll be of his own volition. You know, no excuses this time. But, you know, out of everyone, Bucky, like, would have the motivation to kill. Zemo basically screwed him over and kind of set forth the Civil War and put Steve and his friends on the run. I would be resentful, too. Then you've got Carly, who's taking all her flag smashers and killing innocent people. Then, of course, Walker, who's basically spitting in the face of Steve Rogers and his memory. I would want to punch him, too. Bucky has never liked him from the moment, like, this dude showed his face on live television and it just kept increasing with every interaction. I would get it. The temptation is there. But the fact that Bucky's just like, no... I'm not that guy anymore. I will not take another life. Not while I'm me. Not while I can stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we want to delve into his conver- his deep conversation with Sam now or, or just keep going through the episode chronologically. Well, remind me what happens right after they break Walker's arm and walk off with the shield. Well, yeah, actually before, yeah, that, that, there's a moment of real, real grief that you see. I mean, I gotta praise Anthony Mackie's acting here, um, when he's, when he's left alone with the shield and he, he's trying to wipe off the blood and you just see this, just, just this quiet despair and grief that just hangs on his face. And I'm just, you know, he's like, this is not what this is supposed to be or be used for, you know, and it's just, it's so tender and so heartbreaking. And I thought that was really well done and I was incredibly moved by it, you know, and, you know, even before that, just before that, though, I do want to say something that bothered me about what Bucky, about Bucky, it was that, like, the fight's over, John Walker's unconscious, and Bucky has a shield, and, like, Sam is still, like, on the, fl- on the ground, right, and, and Bucky drops the shield next to him and just, like, stares at him, and I, you know, I, granted, he doesn't say anything, but in the moment of where I first watched it, I thought, like, he was saying with his eyes, like, see, this is your fault. Oh. <laughs> you know, as he's dropping this bloody shield right b- beside Sam's head. Yeah, because he also doesn't help him get up, you know, I, I just, like, that really bothered me. I was just like, that was, that was not great. That, no, like, that's an understatement. That was just, like, that was a jerk move, Bucky. <laughs> You know, he apologizes later, but in that moment, I was just like, ooh, I did not like that. Yeah, that that scene, like you said, was just, wow. I'm just in awe of how well each of our boys did, including Walker's uh, actor, or Wyatt, I believe. They all did amazing. And that grief that Sam was feeling, you just, you knew what was going through his head. There were no words after Walker is finally apprehended, but their eyes said it all. And you're right. Bucky did in that moment just blame sam he didn't have to say anything he didn't have to say this is what you've done his eyes and his silence said it all and that really was a jerk move like i get where bucky's coming from though when he explains himself later but even in that moment just the whole scene was so raw and so many emotions were just coming out of the woodwork and of course most of it's like the resentment and hatred all the negative feelings that were kind of pushed to the side you know to focus on the bigger picture here just bubbled up to the surface after such a violent scene. So that moment right there, it was 
one of Bucky's uh, lesser moments there, but luckily he makes up for it a little later. And then after this scene, that's when our boys split up for a bit just to kind of deal with things on their own afterwards. And hey, a bit of a, a good thing here, folks, a bit of a ray of sunshine here. Our boy Torres is back. Oh, my boy Torres came back with a little thing about, oh, I see you got your sleeve back. And I'm like, oh, Torres, how I missed you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, our boy just, oh, they kind of forgot about him for a while. He was another kind of plot thread going on there. He comes back and he's just like, he doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to be like, dude, are you okay? But you could tell he just radiates that sort of concern. But uh, okay, it's going to be fine. And he's looking over Sam's wings, which Walker busted up. Seriously, that oh my gosh, that that ooh. Well, they can't exactly quite fix it. So, well, Torres offers, but Sam, it's clear he has other ideas in mind. Right, and that's when he he walks off with the shield. But yeah, um, but before that too, like right after, right, so right after this the showdown with Walker, right, we see Bucky go to to find Zemo and Sokovia, and you know the Dora Milaje show up and be fabulous while they're arresting him, you know, and, and warn him like, and warn Bucky like, you know, he probably shouldn't come around Wakanda for wet, for a while, and I'm just like. Yeah, <laughs> I was like with Bucky, I was like, that's fair. Um, <laughs> that is completely fair. I thought, yeah, um, anything anything more you want to say? Because I think this must be, this would be the last appearance of Zemo at last. So what are your feelings about it, Jen? Well, rumor has it that Zemo's going to return again for an anti-hero group, which is kind of like the suicide squad of the MCU. So I don't think we've seen the last of him. Just in this show, we've definitely seen the last of him. <laughs> and there was this one part folks where he and Bucky are having like their conversation or whatever and Bucky's got a gun and even though I personally was like shoot him shoot him shoot him shoot him shoot him he didn't we see that one scene in the trailer where Bucky's dropping all those bullets in front of Zemo almost as if to say like I could have done it but I won't do it I won't do it again I will not be that guy not even for scum like you and Zemo he was surprisingly chill about getting arrested by a bunch of badass women so yeah we've haven't seen the last of him but at least his stupid punchable face with the stupid purple mask will not be showing up fingers crossed he will not be showing up for the the last episode yeah i think he's i think he's served his purpose for now personally i think in the story and that that'll be nice so like oh okay that's one plot that that's like tied up all right that's not gonna be like a little straggly you know like straggly string that like sticks out and you're like oh if we pull it the whole thing unravels like this feels like all right he's like everything's pretty much wrapped up with him for now is my feeling yeah i think so too and i hope so not just because i dislike the guy but there's just still so many other things going on and granted like i mentioned before this was kind of the episode where a bunch of plot threads start to weave together into the sweater zemo was definitely one of them sam regaining the shield is another oh and torres of course Yes, hashtag found Torres. Hashtag found Torres. Yes, the search is over. Our boy is back home. Uh, meanwhile, I'm still looking for Franklin from WandaVision. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Hope he is too. But yeah, um, yeah. So so that that's wrapped up with with Zemo, I think, for now, which is good. And meanwhile, we we get back to John Walker. He's on trial. 
And I mean, that whole thing, I, I don't even want to spend a lot of time dwelling on it. Basically, he continues to be the entitled prick we've seen him to be blaming, you know, everything else, in, you know, instead of him himself for his own actions. I did feel really bad for the wife. Like you could see the like despair on her face. And like the fact that she's still by his side, I think is really a testament to like her endurance and her love for him, you know, but like basically, you know, one one thing that he says, like during his rant, it was like, you know, I followed your mandates, you've made me, you know, he's saying this to like, you know, all these um, American military people, you know, government people, right? And it's like, yeah, <laughs> look, look the ugliness in the eye and acknowledge that you played a part in this cre- that that doesn't like absolve him of responsibility. And I think what was him being stripped of the title and, you know, having the, you know, other than honorable discharge and all those other things, like were consequences that needed to happen. But yeah, it does like, just should prompt a, like, you know, the American government to look within themselves, but alas, they're not very good at that real world or fictional, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, so, so that, that's one of the things we've touched on, we've touched on that before in terms of like the whole glorification of the military and the hyper militarism that that does dominate our society and john walker is just like the grossest much obviously vile version of it but the fact is that it is it's there and it permeates the whole culture permeates and like that is the product and like you need to figure out how you got there if you're gonna like prevent other john walkers from from cropping up but anyways so so he leaves and then he's approached by Okay, Jen, you got to give the name here because I'm not going to remember her name. Julia Louise Dreyfus. Yes, folks, yes! There are just some actors that I've been eager to get into the MCU, and she is definitely one of them. Uh, for those of you who don't know, you might know her as Elaine Bennis from Seinfeld. She's been in other things like uh, Veep, New Adventures of Old Christine, and my personal favorite, A Bug's Life. Yeah, I said it. But yeah, she is an icon. And the fact that she comes all ominously with the purple streak in her hair kind of killed mm. whatever excitement I had for her because I'm just like, no, they're going to do my girl so dirty and make her a villain, aren't they? <laughs> Wait, what's her name again? Uh, oh, yes. The full name is uh, Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. I'm just going to call her Val and I'm gonna, I'm not going to just say it inside my head like she would want. She, her, this is too much to say. Val. Hey, Val. You're evil. Um, <laughs> my first thought is that she's tied to the power broker. Ooh, maybe. I honestly don't know what to expect with her. But just since media and literature has time and time again told us that purple is evil, we got to go by the purple streak that she's evil and the fact that she even tells Walker, like, look, it's not about you killing the guy. We all were hoping you would have done that. You could have killed the whole, like, group and that, like, we'd all be cheering on the on the inside here. That's not the issue here. The issue, you know, and then there we go. Something that comes out as a evil monologue of sorts. And, oh, Julia, why do they make you a villain? You're not a villain. You're Julia Louise Dreyfus. Look, I, I I thought she had a cool look and I thought like she had a cool aesthetic as as a villain and like bringing back Caroline's color theory from WandaVision, you you mentioned the purple. I mean, Agatha's color scheme is purple too. So, something else to think about as well. But um, you know, I like her just like the casualness with which she spoke about everything like, "Oh, yeah, that murder you did, nothing serious, you know. Oh, you don't have the shield? 
yeah, we know about that. And, like, also the, like, you know, the passive aggressiveness towards the wife, you know, where she completely sits between him him and his wife. <laughs> and I, oh my gosh, I don't know if we know the wife's name. I hope, I, I should look that up later. But, um, you know, she, like, you know, it's like the, she's like, oh, this little firecracker, but never really looks directly at her. Hands her, like, a blank business card. Like, I was just like, oh my gosh, totally brushing her off. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Julia, no. Yeah, that whole conversation was kind of intense and obviously a nod to things to come. And all I could think is, on the one hand, Julia Louise Dreyfus has graced the MCU with her fabulous presence. And on the other hand, oh man, we are obviously not done with Walker. I knew we weren't. I, uh, It'd be too much to ask that we're done with him. But no, this fool's going to come back. Yeah, we got to have that final showdown. One more episode to go. Yeah. Yeah, and rumor has it that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to bring this group from the comics called the Thunderbolts, headed by Thaddeus Ross himself, and John Walker is apparently part of that group. I don't know, I'm not much of a comic reader, but whatever happens to Walker in this next episode, I have a feeling that they're just going to bring him back for uh, the Thunderbolts, should they, should they green light that in the MCU. We'll have to see. I can't say I'm looking forward to it. I I really don't want to see John Walker ever again after this series <laughs> is over. But Zemo, I'd see again. I'd be like, oh, you were at least entertaining. John Walker was just awful through and through. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see either of them ever again. But <sighs> can't have nice things, Bridget. I can't have nice things. The rest of you at least have a chance of nice things. Me, no. No, Marvel specifically, like, we can't give Jen nice things. She doesn't deserve them. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe maybe you shouldn't, you should say the opposite of what you want on the podcast. So Marvel will be like, oh, okay, so we got to do the opposite. And then they'll actually do it. <laughs> well, I can't say that I want Zemo and Walker back because they can just hear the lie in it. Plus, I've ripped <laughs> on them both so much. It's just impossible to take back at this point. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I just realized. Speaking of terrible things should we now talk about the conversation with sam and isaiah oh yeah so this was again another really emotional emotional scene and you know so sam comes back by himself with with the shield and eli you know he comes up to you know eli comes up to him and he lets him in and there's this more of that how did you describe it jen when he let lets him go in you know he's still a little suspicious definitely but he's definitely a lot more comfortable than when Bucky was there, I, I guess, as sort of a way like, all right, you know, I'll help a brother out this time, you know, just because you don't have the angry, white, sulking, staring guy here to harsh things up a little. Yeah, that's kind of what I what I thought too. So so he goes he goes ahead and goes in, and Isaiah is is talking to him, you know, more frankly, more more openly, and like he, he what was it that Sam says to him, like, don't do the bitter old man thing. And Isaiah's like, if you aren't bitter, you're you're blind. You know, you're you're not listening. You're not paying attention. Ugh. Yeah. So I, I, this is like this. I think is the crux of Sam's character arc, particularly in this episode, right? Because mm-hmm. you know Isaiah has been through the ringer, and he has been punished for things that Steve was praised for, and we'll get into that in a minute. But oh. you know, so he has that 
spinners and he's like those stars and stripes mean nothing to me you know i i saw you know my brothers who served in in the army who came back with crosses burned on their front lawns right oh. and it's not like sam is unaware of that he's like i grew up in the south i'm aware i, I know you know and i see it and i feel that you know and it's this whole like tension right of like black veterans who were net who have never been honored by their country either from the government or or by you know fellow people and fellow soldiers and fellow veterans then like being excluded from the gi bill and like we could go into all the historical elements of it but like you know the fact is that they're screwed over right Mm -hmm. um repeatedly and it isaiah is unfortunately no exception right and So, and, you know, so, like, and you understand that. You understand why he's so bitter and so angry. And, and like, you know, and he says, with he speaks with great bitterness about the Captain America in general, you know, like, the great white hope that everyone was chasing after. He's the reason that I suffered, you know. And, you know, and, like, so, you know, there's that whole element. And he's, like, you know, they will never let a black man be Captain America. And even if they do, no self-respecting black man would ever choose that. And... That was just so powerful. I was just like, you know, I'm like, wow, I understand where that comes from, even if, you know, I don't necessarily agree with it. But it's also like, is it really my place to agree or disagree? But like, it's also just like, it was something that I had thought about too, with the beginning, before the series started, I was like, oh, they're not gonna let a black man be Captain America, there's gonna be some pushback about that. And they didn't go the direction I thought they would with that, you know, with Sam giving up the shield ahead of time. But, you know, the fact is that there is this tension right of like how can i represent a country that has never represented me right and like um isaiah's like you know saying like yeah if if you if you choose to like try to take this role you have no self-respect and i'm just like well okay i don't know if i really can jive with the shaming part of that um you know but like i it's also like yeah i understand why why you say that though i mean what did you think of that conversation that whole conversation was very powerful like you said And it just brought up so many issues that have been in America for so, so long. And honestly, it left me feeling pretty bitter myself and a little bit pessimistic. And it just, it's one of those moments where I take a step back and remind myself, yeah, this world does suck, doesn't it? Not nice to minorities, not nice to anyone that's not hetero. It's not nice to women. And just how they treated poor Isaiah was just the pinnacle of of why America sucks and why we're just treated so terribly. And granted, we've come a long way since the 40s, but it doesn't excuse the fact that they locked up Isaiah for what, 30 years? Yeah, it was for 30 years. And, you know, that's that's another salient point, right? Because, like, Sam's like, things are different now. And Isaiah's like, is it really that different? And I think that's the conversation we're we're dealing with now it's like yeah lots of things have changed you know but a lot has not at the same time it's this weird like one step forward two steps back it feels like all the time in terms of social justice and civil rights particularly for black americans and um so he you know he's coming he's coming from that perspective and i've already kind of gone into isaiah bradley's backstory before when he first appeared on on falcon and the winter soldier in terms of the history and the lore and that storyline came from but he get he gets more into it in, in show so people can get the explanation if they haven't read all the comics so that's good you know it's like they told us it was tetanus shot they you know it was like various forms of the serum that they were trying out and didn't tell them what it was you know just let the black men be the experiments right and they're all dying off and Isaiah's the only one who survives yeah they told us it was tetanus and like they don't they told told my family that I was dead 
you know, they told all the soldiers' families that they were dead and they were going to blow up the POW camp when some of the boys got captured to hide the evidence. Like, all that stuff, you know, is is from the comic book st- plotline and, you know, the real historical aspect of the Tuskegee experiments and everything. So, you know, with all that in perspective, right? So so he, he gives that explanation too and, like, also goes into, you know, the fact that, like, he goes in to rescue his brothers from the POW camp, right? And... Mm-hmm. As a result, he is imprisoned and punished for it. And him saying that just brought me back to the first Captain America movie where Steve does the same thing. It, you know, Bucky and his whole regiment is captured. And like Colonel Phillips is like, yeah, there's no hope. There's no way to get them out. And Steve's like, we'll see about that. You know, and he goes and he rescues them all. And he comes back and he, you know, and just but but just before he like makes it back, though, like Colonel Felix is, t- is like putting Peggy Carter through the ringer and saying, how could you let this happen? You know, and then Steve comes back victorious and everyone's cheering for him. And, you know, he goes up to Colonel Felix. And he's like, all right, you know, do whatever punishment you need to. And, you know, and like also, I just want to note that he that Steve does submit himself to that. Like he's like, I know I will get in trouble for this and I'm willing to take the fall for it. You know, like, that's something I can never picture, like, John Walker doing, right? Oh, no, definitely not. But but the fact is, he comes up and says that, and Colonel Phillips is like, that won't be necessary. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry, did you not just give this woman a super hard time before the white man showed up again? <laughs> oh. oh, no, 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 no. And, you know, so there's that. So, you know, and this is not me saying that Steve should have been punished, because I think he did do the right thing, and it was a brave thing. But the fact is that Isaiah did the same thing and he should also have been praised and lauded for it and he should have gotten a medal of honor for it instead he gets in prison for 30 years like talking about it even right now makes me really angry and emotional you know but like just just thinking of that contrast was just like it just like felt like a stake through my heart and it especially because it felt so real you know it is so real yeah it's just it's awful the fact that they kind of just saw these two men and they're like, you know what? They both have the super uh, soldier serum, but you know, we kind of need to experiment. We we need to figure out how to replicate it so it's just more than two men. Who should we? Who should we? Uh, who should we get the sample from? The white guy, the uh, golden haired, blue eye American icon, or the black guy? Oh well, that's a no brainer. Lock up the black guy. You know that way we have one less of them. Right, like that, and that's another thing too, right? Because Steve, we know from like Agent. Well, I know from Agent Carter that, like, we get the blood from Steve. You know, they have samples of his blood. And he gave those willingly, right? And, like, he, he chose to, to do that. But, like, with Isaiah Bradley, it was like, no, he, instead of, like, them asking, you know, any s- sort of medical consent, right? Instead, they're just like, yeah, let's lock him up so we can, you know, treat him as, like, a, like what, a DNA bag, a blood bag, basically, right? It's Ew. horrible the way I'm saying it, but that's, that is how they're treating him. You know, it's, yeah, it's like you were saying, Jen, it's like, oh, between the two, you know, which one we're going to lock up? We're going to do it to the black guy. You know that that was an actual conversation. I Like, I, I'm not even like, I'm being sarcastic, but I'm like, that was a real thing that was said. That was an act. Those were actual words that came out of a person's mouth as they were talking about what to do with Isaiah Bradley. Basically, yeah. And it's just, it's awful because they managed to replicate things just by Steve's blood alone. Hell, Hydra figured it out, some rando figured it out. They did not need to experiment on Isaiah. They truly didn't, but they did just because this was a minority guy that they could take advantage of. They already told his family, his beloved, that he's dead. No one's going to be looking for him or raise hell about it. And 
well, he's just doing, Isaiah's doing what's best for his country. And the government thought that they were doing what was best for their country. But of course, it's since it's a black guy, they figured, you know what? It's fine. Like, we, we, we can uh, lock this one up. We don't, we can just take his freedom. It's fine. After all, he's doing it for his country. We're doing it for our country, too. It doesn't matter if he misses his family. It doesn't matter that this guy's life was taken from him. No, they didn't care. And it's just awful. And it puts such a bad taste in my mouth, knowing that this is going on in the background of the Captain America, the first Avenger. And you're right. The contrast between uh, Steve and Isaiah is awful. The fact that Steve gets applauded for the exact same thing that Isaiah did. Where's the justice, folks? There is none. Just... I get why Isaiah is bitter now. I truly do. It's it's awful. And the look on Sam's face as Isaiah is telling him this just broke my heart. It just broke my heart. Yeah, and Sam wants him to get the recognition that he deserves for for his heroism. And he's like, no. And like, I I mean, I agree with Isaiah Bradley. I'm just like, no, let him be dead. Like, like he said, like, you would think I wouldn't die within a day after I come out into the light. You know, I'm like, yeah. It's like, yep. you know, you'd have to, like, put him into the Avengers facilities and, like, have, like, a security detail on him at all times because that was the only way that man would be able to live. And that's no way to live. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, and also, I'm just like, this man's been through enough. Like, I understand, like, where the impulse is coming from with Sam. Like, I totally do. Um, And, like, posthumously, when, when he dies, hopefully a peaceful death, you know, it's like, all right, you know, <laughs> if, if he's okay with that, if his family's okay with that, because this should be recognized. But in the meantime, I'm just kind of like, oh no. Yeah, let this man please live out his days in peace. Let him water his his plants in his backyard in peace. Yeah, leave the guy alone. All he wants to do now is just live out the rest of his days comfortably with his doting beloved grandson, who's going to be an amazing icon later on if Marvel continues to pursue that. We need the Patriot out there, folks. And I want Isaiah to realize that there is still some good in this world, that there can be a black Captain America. There can be heroes of a different color and gender that are recognized. I hope that by the end of the show, he'll be just a smidge less bitter, but 30 plus years, just, yeah, that's going to be hard to get rid of, but. Yeah, and they didn't even let him go. Like, the nurse had to, like, fake his death for him, and I'm just like, oh, right. oh God bless that nurse, wherever she is. Mm-hmm. Um, or he is, actually. He didn't, I, I don't remember. Did he say his gender? He said she. She? Okay. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. You know, but I was saying earlier, though, this is, like, the crux of, of Sam's character arc, right? Of him you know, having to make that decision for himself of like, okay, you know, do I, you know, take this stand? Is this a hill worth standing on? You know, and like, you know, I think, I think Isaiah definitely plants those seeds of doubt and he, he chooses to go home, right? And goes back to his roots, which I think is the right thing for him to do, especially because, you know, he's not sure really what's next with Carly Morgenthau and lots of things, you know, but like, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here just to, to finish the thought. Like when he's talking to Sarah, about the superheroing thing and she says to him like no i i know it gave you a hard time but i never thought that you were abandoning us you know and and he he's saying to her like you know i i understand why isaiah feels the way he does but i also feel like i don't want that the pain and the struggle to be for nothing like if i don't fight then what is the point like where do you go from here you know and he chooses i think what the crux of it is for me is that he chooses hope like he it's not like out of like ignorance or just like turning a blind eye to things but it's like 
no, I, I've looked this in, in the face. I've looked America in the face and it is not pretty. And, I, you know, I am a black woman in America and that does make the shield complicated, but that does not mean that I want to give up, you know? And this was like the thing that I was talking about in the last podcast episode. I was like, I want Sam to choose that for himself because he, you know, believes in himself. And you really see him coming to terms with that, you know? And like, I don't know, just like the fact that it's with his sister that he's so close to that he says this you know like he's like i understand how you're feeling i understand how he's feeling but this is this is how i feel and this is like my this is what i value and this is who i'm choosing i'm choosing to be you know and he chooses to believe and it's just like so like uh you know like we were just talking about right about how horrible the world is right both in this marvel cinematic universe but as real life reflection of of american society and you're just like oh you know but then like there are people like sam who like give you give you hope to to keep fighting and to keep hoping for something better and it's just really beautiful um (laughs) i'm gonna make myself cry but you know so and like you know by the end of the episode you see that sam is doing the hardcore workouts you know and you know from practicing with the shield to running all over his his neighborhood and you know doing the train everything um just to get himself in top form while he's waiting for his moment to step up and of course that you know at the very end we see him open up that suitcase from wakanda and you know it's going to be the new wings you know and you know it's going to be him like fully stepping up for his role as as falcon as captain america as sam wilson most importantly ah yes yes can't wait his costume is so great in the comics i cannot wait <sighs> uh, that that was a lot of words for me um <laughs> <laughs> I just, I feel a lot of feelings about this. Like I, I felt like Sam's character journey worked so well for me, and like it, it like the di- this episode was like it was a quieter episode, like it was a slower episode, like plot wise. But I think it was so important because it allows us to sit down and have these important transformative character moments. Like this was such a dialogue heavy episode, and you know. I love dialogue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Jen and I are both writers. We love dialogue. Yeah. And especially when it's good dialogue, you know, I like really, really good dialogue like this. And it's, it just resonates so much with me, especially with the ones with Sam and just like, oh, good job, writers. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yes. Thank you so much, writers. And you know, like you were saying, Bridget, Sam needed to come to the realization that he need he's the one who needs to choose to be Captain America. Not everyone else, not no one's expectations. He and Bucky are kind of going through a similar journey where they have to choose who they want to be, not because of uh, preconceived notions about them. And honestly, the fact that Sam has come this far is incredible, and it'll definitely make the next episode where he does take the mantle of Captain America all the more satisfying. But it's so funny when he gets to that point, it's after he goes through sort of a montage of fixing up that boat that apparently his sister ends up not wanting to sell, but it's so amazing. I love that scene. I Well, for one thing, I love good old-fashioned montages, but the fact that Sam and his sister are talking and they mention that their parents were such good people and they were always giving favors out and making sure that kids were eating and such, just they were raised by a good family first and foremost, but mm. the fact that they called in all those favors and the community just came together or the Wilson family, like, yeah, the the Wilsons need help. Yeah, heck yeah, sign me up. And then guess who joins, folks? That's right, Bucky. Bucky. Ah, yeah, 
Yeah, and I I do want to talk uh, talk about the community thing like a little bit before we get to that. Like, I think it's I think that was such a nourishment for Sam's soul because he was struggling with doubts right after he's had this really difficult conversation with Isaiah. And he's not sure what he's gonna do next. You know, it's after after he's been poured into with you know a lot like with black love and black joy and black family. You know, and like it just it just fed in fed into it so much. And you know, and Bucky coming back and then having that reconciliation as well you know, helps Sam come to terms with so many different things. And I just really appreciate it. Also, I just want to say, you know, I really appreciate seeing like how a, like a single person, a single man can be a family man. Like you don't need like the like two plus kids and the white picket fence and the wife or husband or spouse at home to like be a family person. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like that's so rare. It really is. And Sam is literally the best, best uncle, best brother, and best uh, community brother, I guess, because it seems that everyone loves him just because he's such a great person. And they, again, no hesitation came to help him and his sister fix up the boat because they're such good people. And it is nice to see that we do have a family man who's not married or with a family of his own. It's nice to see other types of family folks. There are such things as other types of family other than the uh, nuclear structure that we got going on right yeah I, like i think of clint and like that's the only well okay later tony right like with the but again it's like both of them are like the nuclear families the husband the wife the father the mother and the, and the kid right and it, mm-hmm. or kids and it's like well the, the, you know sam you know just because sam's single doesn't mean that he doesn't have like family he's super close to you know like i you know i feel like in a lot of ways he's helping to raise his nephews right and that's oh, important yeah. too that's also completely valid you know experience so i just needed to say that <laughs> i appreciated it so much yes i definitely appreciated it too and seriously that whole scene was just such a nice balm to soothe us after such again like you said a difficult conversation with isaiah because i was pretty uh it's pretty bitter and pissed off after that but seeing sam be such a great uncle a great brother and seeing the community come together to fix the boat was so right it was so good and the fact that bucky joins in as sort of like a way of all right yeah i'm here let's we're not we're not friends we're partners we're co-workers just okay yeah i'm here yeah so he shows up looking all cute um sorry (laughs) (laughs) um he shows up and and you know he's helping out and oh this was something else i wanted to notice too like he helps fix up that pipe right the burst pipe and then sam is like why don't you use your your metal hand he's like well i'm right-handed i don't automatically think of it and that i love that little detail and it makes me want to go back um to watch all the episodes again just to watch like what you know his movement and like what hand he uses first for things because that's really interesting to me you know it's like oh yeah you would think he would use the metal hand all the time but he's right-handed like the whole psychological thing and like how like i don't know he's still like he's like yeah the metal hand is just like there it's not like i don't know who i am and it's not like um that i don't know just that he doesn't even after all this time he doesn't automatically rely on it he's like no my my right human hand is very fine you know my left you know metal still human hand is also fine but i just don't use it automatically you know i don't know it's just something about that i really appreciated Seriously, though, it, it is it was a great moment that I almost forgot personally, but it could have gone either way where Bucky could have seen that arm as like, OK, th- this is the arm that was taken from me and that t- had a part in me killing all these people. I never want to use it again. It could have gone that way 
Or like you said, it could have gone the other way where he basically used it all the time. But you're right. He just he likes both of his arms. We appreciate it. And we love Bucky and we love him interacting with the Sam fam. Did not care for the fact that he was kind of sort of hitting on Sarah and not just because that just killed my sucky dreams. It's fine. Yeah, okay, let's talk about that. We were just talking about, like, oh, we were talking in the chat, like, oh, Bucky's here to meet the boyfriend's family, and then, like, him and Sarah just exchanged that look, and we all know the look in movies, you know, and, and we're just like, oh, no. <laughs> nope. nope, you can't do that to me. Like, you know, I'm, you know, it was, it was funny just in the sense of, like, oh, you know, Sam just being like, what? Like, that he instantly read the room, and I'm like... <laughs> It's totally not. It's a reach for me to call it jealousy, but I'm gonna I'm gonna headcanon that it is. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, it's like all right, you know, they don't have to go anywhere with it. You know, it could just be like that moment of like, hey, you're cute, you're cute. Anyways, and I feel like kind of Bucky kind of leaned into it on purpose afterward, just to kind of mess with Sam. <laughs> um, is my opinion, but. <laughs> You know, because you can find someone attractive and not, like, necessarily feel the need to act on it. You know what I mean? Oh, that's true, huh? I assume it's true anyway, but and, <laughs> I don't find people attractive. But anyways, that was a moment where I'm just like, all right, Marvel, just rub in the fact that our boys are hetero, whatever. You, it's not like you don't do that anyway. Just surprised it took this long. All right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I know, after, like, such heavy homoeroticism, it's like, oh, by the way, he was attracted to Sam's sister. And I'm like... Oh, okay, I'll believe that. Um, <laughs> I'll totally buy that. Sucky. <laughs> Whisper it. <laughs> just, I'm gonna, like, just, you know, I'm gonna just, like, call the Marvel executives and just, like, whisper it on repeat until, like, it, it, it like, goes into their brain. Subliminal messaging, you know? Yes, definitely. Sucky. 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 <laughs> but, you know, like, homoeroticism aside, it's nice to see the two bond because they have a lot in common, you know, not just Steve, but as men, as human beings. It was nice to see them bond and sort of develop their friendship more, especially when they finally had that long needed conversation about Sam giving up the shield and Sam pointing out to Bucky like, yeah, you are who you are. But you've got to want to pull yourself out of the hole there. Just that conversation personally was my favorite of the entire episode. Just those two just really bonding and grieving over Steve together. And oh my gosh, that line where Bucky tells Sam that when Sam gave up the shield, well, the shield was like the closest thing to family that he had left. So that when Sam gave the shield away, it's like he was alone all over again. And that just hurt me that physically hurt me bridget yeah i mean you know in retrospect he probably like well i was gonna say he should have talked to bucky about it beforehand but maybe he tried to but bucky just didn't reply it's like bro why don't you reply to your text maybe then he would have told you before it happened so you could at least prepare yourself emotionally i don't know <laughs> so you know what i can't even sam can't even get a threat for that one like it's all it's I'm like bucky you put a lot of your own thinking about yourself and like he recognizes that and he you know he was saying too, like this recognition in terms of moment of recognition right he says when steve and i talked about giving you the shield we didn't think about you know how complicated it would be for you as a black man you know to have to be trying to accept that shield right and what that means for you and how could we which you know oh. i take a little bit of issue with the how could we it's like well you know, by being intentionally anti-racist and, like, thinking more about the history of, you know, 
black Americans and thinking more about his perspective. And it's like, well, you know, you could have that way. <laughs> it's like, like, I understand because it's from a place of like, we're not, we're, we ourselves aren't black. So how could we have known? It's like, yeah, that's why we have to actively deconstruct, you know, the ways that racism is like just reiterated in our daily lives through our schooling and through what we see on TV and all the things, right? You know, so I was just kind of like, well, <laughs> I don't know if that's not really an excuse, but um, I appreciated that he apologized to Sam and just said, you know, I, you know, basically like saying like, you know, that this was me and this unfair pressure that I put on you. And yeah, and like, I'm like, that needed to be said. And I'm grateful that that apology actually happened. Uh, you know, it might not have. <laughs> seriously, thank goodness that that was such an amazing conversation. And I'm actually like gonna play optimism here and say that the reason that Stephen Bucky didn't see it as an issue to give Sam the shield, you know, was because they see him as Sam, not as a black superhero, but he's Sam Wilson. I think they never even considered that his skin color would have been an issue. That's the optimist in me. That's a whole nother thing. And well, gotta give the guys a little bit of credit. They were born in the 40s. They had all the privileges as white men in the 40s. They had no idea. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't like to buy the 40s excuse either, personally. But like, I, but I think I think what you're saying, though, about them, like not understanding he's just Sam. I think that is, though, like the like the exact that is like privilege in a nutshell. Uh, you know, the fact that they they didn't think about that because they'd never had to, you know, and that's not their fault. I'm not saying that like, oh. You know, they're awful people for not thinking of this. Like, this is not what I'm saying at all. Um, but that that is why it's like sort of like, oh, it's just something for like everybody to be like conscious of. Right. And, you know, and like when it happens, when you recognize that you apologize, like, you know, like what Bucky does. Right. And it's like, oh, I understand now. And I'm I'm sorry that I put this on you. And I'm sorry I didn't think about this that it, was, it would be harder for you, you know, because it's like none of us are free of those biases, you know, um, whether it's racism or other isms, but, you know, particularly racism because that's the crux of a lot of what's going on in the show. You know, it's kind of like, it's like the Avenue Q song, you know, everyone's a little bit racist sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> if you've never heard that song, I would look it up. Um, <laughs> it always makes me laugh while also making me be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you all got it. It's, you know, that doesn't make us like evil people, you know, so that's that's kind of what I would say around around that. Like, yeah, it's not me trying to like point fingers and say like, oh, they're terrible people and whatever, you know, they're not they're not. But it's yeah, it's just like a, a system and a way of thinking and a, a way of thinking about privilege. I think that like, you know, I think people in the MCU and in the real world are, are coming to, to face these days. So anyway, it's just interesting. It really is. And just, oh my gosh, I love that conversation. Seriously, it was a conversation that needed to be had. And it was nice to see our boys bond and sort of reconcile and really move past all the bitterness and resentment that they had. And seriously, that moment where Sam's talking to Bucky about, okay, I know what happened to you was bad, but you got to want to save yourself too, you know? You're not going to be the opposite of what people think you are just by sitting there and doing nothing and sulking. No, you have to make a difference too. You have to prove them wrong instead of just wallowing all the time. And seriously, the way he was speaking to Bucky that way just reminded me so much of Steve. How Steve would have these amazing talks with his fellow Avengers, just talking to them 
like knowing showing that he understands them and that he wants to understand what they're going through and everything but this is what needs to be done this is what needs to be fixed you know just that sort of compassion that just makes steve steve and what makes sam amazing at his job and it just it was such a great moment i just want to rewatch that over and over again and not just because seeing sam and bucky pass the shield back and forth like a frisbee was amazing too that was that was a nice touch that was that was very good uh <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, that was that was very good. Remember, I think about that. Wow. Yeah, and I yeah. So it was an important and meaningful conversation. That I was grateful that they they got to have and like and and you know another thing when Sam's giving him like sort of the tough love as as he puts it is like he's like, are you really making amends? You're more avenging people, right? And like you know the people that you helped to do bad things as Winter Soldier, you know. But I know the people on that list in Steve's notebook, which oh. still makes me cry. <laughs> you know i know that there are names that you can actually make amends to and of course you instantly think of that first episode right where yes. you know bucky can't find it in himself to tell that man that like how his son died that he you know that he killed his son and you know i'm like all right you know this this is coming back right if i don't see him going back to to that sweet old man and tell him the truth like come on it's gonna happen it's it has to happen. happen like yeah for him to have find real healing right and that's and that's what like Bucky's therapist was trying to get him to understand it's like you know with following the steps and the way that he's supposed to follow them it's like you know and she couldn't follow him around and tell him to do it this way right mm -hmm. even though she knew he wasn't it, it's like yeah you know you need to go and make amends you know and it's and what was it that Sam says it's not about making yourself feel better it's about making them feel better and giving them the closure that they need that's it that was the phrase and I loved it because it's so true and you just see that light go off in Bucky's eyes like Oh, damn it. I hate to admit it, but he's right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, the nightmares are, are still haunting you for a reason, dude. You know, and, you know, I'm not saying that once he does all the amends that like, it's like, boom, that's it. But, you know, it's it's a step, right? It's a step. It's that a start. <laughs> so great. And then, of course, we lead into another working out montage that you mentioned earlier, Bridget, which I swear, not only was it amazing to watch Sam work out, which was like, wow, thank you, fan service. But I swear, when he was doing his runs, all I could think was, on your left. On your oh, left. Oh, that hurts me! <laughs> that was all I could think. <laughs> oh, I didn't even... I'm ashamed of myself that I didn't think of that. Uh, I think I was too busy being thirsty, though. I was like, damn, he's fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Again, fan service, I don't blame you. Yeah, thank you. Um... <laughs> But no, I mean, joking aside, it was just like, whoa, that is an intense worker regimen. But, you know, and then his nephew's running after him. Go get him. This is so cute. The, the nephews were so cute. When when Bucky was like pretending to be asleep or he was asleep and he woke up and he saw them like playing with the shield and like pretending to be superheroes. And, you know, he's like, hey, you know, and they they run away and like <laughs> his smile a little smile on his face like i jen can testify to this i instantly rewound it because i'm like i need to look at that again oh my gosh that was beautiful <laughs> i was struck folks struck by how much happiness was in that smile and the fact that it made bucky as a character seem like light years younger just for one moment he wasn't burdened by all his regrets and all the things he still needed to do just for one moment he was just enjoying kids being kids you know it, it was so nice 
Yeah, the utter radiance. It was just so pure. And like that it was with like watching these two little boys. And I'm just like, <laughs> that was that was really nice. Like, you know how much I love it? Like, I low key want to make it like the, the art for our episode, this episode. Just like Bucky smile. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Just a screen cap. Do it. <laughs> but yeah. So well, anything else that we, we haven't covered yet? Let's see. Bucky's beautiful smile. Sam taking the shield on your left. The boat's fixed. They're going to keep it, apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The family. I, and you know what? That was interesting, too. Like, Isaiah, at one point, right, says they tried to erase me and tried to erase my history, and they've been doing that for 500 years. And I, I just love, like, the poetic metaphor of them. You know, he's about to paint off their names on the boat, and she says, stop. You know, this is our history. This is our legacy. Like, they're, they're preserving this part of their heritage of their own personal family and their own personal family's legacy, you know? And, you know, it's just something about that was just so beautiful, you know? And out of that, you know, of Sam and his family preserving their own history as a Black family and as a very, you know, but as, like, a loving family who, who are prominent members of their community, it was it was just so, it was so lovely. And I felt like it was, like, you can see why Sam is able to come from this hope, you know, place of hope. Yes. And it seems like Bucky needed that time too to be around nice, loving, happy people. You know, it was it was good for both of them. So good. Good for me too, after all the crud and discomfort and anger and resentment that we experienced in the first chunk of the episode. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. I just realized we forgot two uh, little ladies in this episode, Carly and Sharon. That's right. Yeah, well, I mean, the Flag Smashers, we just see them briefly. They come back to, you know, where where the refu- the quote-unquote refugees, I know they don't like the name, where their community had been, like, you know, taken out by the, or not taken out, but moved away by the GRC. And, you know, they, it's empty and, like, Carly's just like, well, we know what we gotta do now. And I, I forget, do you remember the name of one of her comrades, the one with the long, dark hair and the beard, who's sort of like, wait, there are people in that building, or wait, are you gonna kill more people now? He seems to have, be the one with the conscience who's like, I'm like, he's like, I- I'm following you, but I'm not sure I, I, I'm, I jive with everything that you're doing. I don't know if you remember if you know his name. I don't. Jen. I'm sorry, Flag Smashers. I'm, I'm sorry. But I know who you're talking about, though. You know what I'm talking about, yeah. Which I, I thought it was interesting. I wonder if he'll, like, turn by the end of it. I'm wondering if he'll have his own mini-character arc or something. Yeah, who knows? We're literally rounding up to the final episode of this show. And granted, a lot of our plot threads have definitely been woven together, but we still got some stuff left to go over before we can uh, close off Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Right, exactly. And like the flag smash is tying with with I was gonna say Agent Carter, Sharon Carter, because she calls in Batroc, who remember was from the first episode, and remember from the Winter Soldier, and I need you to do a job for me, you know, as she's sta- standing among her fancy artwork just to remind us all. <laughs> yeah, the re- re- real artwork's not in museums, it's here in Sharon Carter's basement. Yeah. Um, but she calls in that favor, so we knew as know as soon as he appears at the end when Carly's all like, Well, we got this guy who hates the Falcon and like He's bringing us the stuff, and I'm like, yeah, Carly, you think you're smart, but you ain't. Sorry. Mm, sorry, man. Sorry. So it's nice to see that Sharon definitely has a shot of, you know, coming back to the main cast, so to speak. And hopefully Carly can be stopped, because I don't know if Zemo said is true that she's not redeemable, because the optimistic side of me is like, no, Sam almost got through to her. There's a chance. 
But then another really dark, pessimistic side of me is just like, she's going to blow up everyone, kill her before she kills you. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do with her when it when's all said and done. Yeah, it was really ominous, ominous when the GRC is meeting together and also being like total pricks and just saying like, we're just going to move these people back to where they're supposed to go. And I'm just like, Ugh. you know, there's one woman who tries to like, you know, speak out against that. But like before she gets very far, they're suddenly bathed in the red light and the the you know the screens just turn into like pixelations and you're just like oh no nope. you know the blood red lighting this is and like you know and and the fact that too that the fact flag smash is infiltrated right because they were two staffers whispering to each other mm-hmm. was, mm, had hydra vibes the fact that they were whispering to each other Ew. you know it's like was it one world one people yeah sounds about right and seriously i I, spe- I feel like this episode was just so many flashbacks to the first two captain america movies like before we get started does anyone want to get out <laughs> Mm, yeah so you know you know things are gonna go down and like torres you know manages to get sam the intel and he's like oh yeah we got a ping from new york and sam sees the thing about the news on the news about the grc and how they're meeting in new york and he's like oh, i know where this is gonna go go down it's always in new york isn't it though mm-hmm. it's all the east coast man the poor east coast they get it all don't they they just get all the alien invasions the android invasions they, they get them all yeah, Ant-Man's the only one we got on the West Coast. Well, that and the Runaways, but that's not part of the MCU. Yeah, good for us, West Coasters. Good for us. <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, things are going... Anything else with with Carly Morgenthau that I'm not remembering with the Flash Flag Smashers? No, they gave her... Uh, they had her take a step back. You don't really quite see any remorse over what she did to Lamar. And granted, that was an accident, but still, you know, in the moment she seemed kind of shocked, but I couldn't tell if that was more shocked of... What did I just do? Versus, oh crud, I killed the new Captain America's sidekick. Pew. Oh, Lamar deserves so much better than to be that guy's sidekick. Oh my gosh. Oh my Speaking of, Walker, the fact that he approaches Lamar's family saying, like, the guy responsible is dead. Do you think I would let the guy who did this go? No. I avenged him, you know? Like, ugh. Yeah, it's just like, such a, shut your lying trap. Just, mm. I don't know. And also, like, I don't know who the younger... It, like, it was his parents, and I don't know if it was, like, a younger sibling or whatever. He kind of seemed to regard him a little bit more Viciously, warily, yeah. and I don't know if it was, like, suspicion or what. No, I noticed that look, too, and I can't tell who she was, if she was, like, a girlfriend or a sister, but she definitely was kind of looking at Walker like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Spins that crap for them, and, like... And then, of course, we gotta get to that post-credit scene, which... We got one early, folks. Penultimate episode rather than the final episode. We finally got one, folks. Uh, second to last episode, and we finally got one. And even though it stinks and reeks of Walker and spray paint, we got one. Like, I cannot even. Like, he's making his own shield. I'm like, you really think that piece of tinfoil is going to stand up against Wakandan vibranium? Okay. But wait, Bridget, it has his badges on it. Oh, that makes it so powerful. <laughs> yeah, I understand the metaphor of it, but I'm just like, that's weak sauce. Oh, gosh, yeah, just, uh, it was so gross. Like, he was in some dingy area putting together scrap metal and using spray paint. It just, total contrast to how Steve's shield was made and everything. And all we could think is, dude, really? Just let it go. You're done. You're not Captain America anymore, regardless of what you and your delusions think. You're done. Leave our boys alone. Yeah, I'm I'm still holding to, to the fact that Val is from the power power broker because just because for plot i mean it could be just a setup like oh it's a setup the to the whole 
I forget what the team was that you mentioned. The thun- Thunderbolts. The Thunderbolts, um, yeah. Yeah. It could be a set for that. I'd rather it be like the power broker thing just to tie another plot thread together and for it to be like make sense of why she's there, make more sense why she's here now. Because otherwise, I feel like that's more appropriate for like a post credit scene or something. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's supposed to be like a teaser for what's next, but we'll have to see. But all right, we're 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 on the. Is there anything else you want to say about this episode before I get into like what's next? Nope. Nope. That's all I got. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we're in the penultimate penultimate episode finale is next week what are you hoping for what do you think might happen uh what are you afraid will happen what are your thoughts about about the finale all right for sure we need to get a resolution with sam and bucky like we know for a fact that sam's going to be the new captain america and i really hope they keep his costume from the comics like i said before it's really awesome and it's like a perfect combo between captain america and falcon it's amazing it's incredible and i don't know what wakanda has in store for him but whatever he's opened up in that suitcase thing it better be something pretty awesome i have high expectations for this outfit uh let's see i want bucky to finally talk to that old man about what had happened to his son just that that's a conversation that needs to happen no matter how much it's going to hurt i'm trying to think uh what else do i want i want isaiah and eli to watch sam take up the mantle like on tv or something and then realizing huh okay there might be kind of some hope after all you know something like that at least i want zemo to not show up that'd be nice you know keep him in jail please i don't want to see his face again i'm trying to think anything else would it be too much to ask that walker breaks his other arm or something It, it might be i don't know we'll have to see Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with him, actually. Like, again, supposedly he's going to be in the Thunderbolts, but I really don't know how that's going to play out. If he's going to be locked up in the raft this time around, or if he's going to kind of slink away and hide in the shadows. So we'll see what happens with him. I hope Sam is able to keep his promise to Sharon that they'll get her pardon so she can finally stop with the art thieving and such and so she can finally get out into the limelight and who knows she might be the new director of shield like how she was in the comics i have to see i don't have high hopes <laughs> <laughs> well if we're gonna get a black captain america let's get a woman director too while we're at it yeah i mean you know i just they haven't done a lot with her character so far so i don't that's why i'm like ah, no not super high expectations well, do you have any personal expectations of what's going to happen? Anything you want? Anything you fear? Anything like that before we finally end this series? I mean, yeah. Um, I said this before, you, and you touched on it too. Like he's got to, he's got to tell the old man Yori the truth about what happened to his son, and he needs to heal. And I don't know, I don't know how Yori will react to it. You know, I hope that like it gives him peace. You know. And just in the sense of knowing what happened to his son, you know, and that and that grief that like they can feel that and heal that from that together. Mm-hmm. But so I want that. I'd like Bucky to have less nightmares at the end of this. I, you know, I was going to say I'd like Sam to make peace with his family, but he has. He has made peace with his family at this point. So that's already happened. That's great. Mm-hmm. You know, him. I hope for him to continue to have that. That balance of, you know, being go- going back to his roots and and taking care of his family and you know doing what he needs while also doing what he needs to do as a superhero, you know. And yeah, I don't really frankly, I don't really care what happens to Walker. Um, I hope he doesn't like <laughs> I just can't bring myself to really care. I like I, I 
like I, you know, obviously I want to see what happens like with the final showdown. I, I'm kind of more interested, I think, in the flag smashers and what exactly is going to be the resolution for Carly. I still, I feel like there's just like enough nuance to her that I'm like, I'm, I really, am not sure which way it'll go. Like John Walker, I think his path is already pretty clear, right? Yeah. Like whether it's like, you know, either he completely loses himself and like ends up destroying himself, like actually destroying himself in the process, or you know, he ends up on the raft or or, or something else, like. Any of those options would uh, work for me. Um, and there's not like, you know, I, I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You're going to end up somewhere. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, I like for his character, I, I just don't think there's like much more to like for me to pull apart with him. I'm kind of like, yeah, I know what you're about now. And I kind of know where you're going. You know, it's not good no matter what the outcome is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Sam has... You know, come to terms and chosen the shield shield for himself for his own reasons, which is what I've been hoping for and what I talked about the last episode. So that's good. You know, I just hope by the end of it, Sam and Bucky can can consider themselves more than just like the coworkers or like <laughs> what was it? Two guys with a mutual friend. Oh, the mutual friend's dead. Um, <laughs> just two guys. Yeah, I want them to become friends because when Bucky said that the shield was the last of his family left, all I could think was, no, you have people, you have Sam, you have the Sam fam, they will take you in. You're one of them now. You're not alone anymore, Bucky. You know what? You know what? I, this is, will not happen. But you know what? My fantasy for for Bucky is that he like gets to volunteer at preschool, and all the children love him, and just like just all give him a hug, like a group hug from a bunch of preschoolers. Oh my gosh! Oh, I just thank you for that image. I needed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I just started thinking about that with the way he smiled with with um, Sam's nephews. I'm just like. I want this for him. I want him to be surrounded by preschooler love. And just like, they're just like with their tiny little hands, just be like, hi. I'm just like, oh, can you imagine? Yes. Heck, if preschoolers can like me, they'll love Bucky. They'll have him, <laughs> they'll have so many questions about his arm. And then they'll be like, look at my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> it would be so cute. Oh my gosh. Sebastian Stan, I know you're not listening, but if you ever want to start a TikTok and like <laughs> pretend to be the Winter Soldier talking to just some preschoolers asking about the metal arm. I would watch. So would I. I'm just saying. So would I. I. I want that so much now, and I know it'll never happen, but oh, what a lovely dream. Uh, right? Okay. I hope I, I hope I left you with good thoughts and good vibes <laughs> with that image. Oh. Yes, definitely. Especially compared to how things started off with so much bitterness and violence. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, let's end it with a headcanon that, like, at one point, Bucky volunteers at a preschool, and they all embrace him. Yes. Yes, they do. I think the only other thing is, yeah, um, and I think we've kind of already seen this, but like, you know, like both Sam and Bucky putting Steve to rest. I think their conversation in this past episode kind of, you know, pretty much did did that, I think, for me. So, you know, just like feeling like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever processing still needs to happen with that, you know, just let it run its course. But I think at this point, for me, I'm just like, all right. If Steve's not mentioned again, that's okay. Like they, they, they. I feel like he's been artfully woven to the narrative and to their character arcs, and like I, I think, I think Bucky still has like some little bit of processing and grieving to do. So just like seeing the culmination of that, I think would be important for me. What, however, that looks like, that doesn't. I'm not sure what it would. Just, but just like him, like seeing him being able to move on with his life. I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Bucky deserves such a good life ahead of him since he spent his whole life under someone else's control and doing things that he never wanted to do. It'd be nice to see him 
get the ending that he clearly deserved. Let him go out on a few dates. Let him be surrounded by preschoolers. Let him be a part of the Sam fam. Just give him a happy ending. The guy really needs it. He needs a hug out of all the characters we've seen. He just, the poor guy needs a break. Yeah. So that's what I want. Hugs for Bucky. Hashtag hugs for Bucky. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's that's all I got, though. I, I, I'm i starting to see more pieces come together. We're going to have to see how the final showdown plays out um, and how they, you know, they fas- finally wrap up the characters' journeys for the present moment. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah, and I hope that they do something nice for Torres, too. Like, maybe he'll become the new Falcon since uh, Sam left the wings to him, sort of. Or, like, I just, I want Torres around all day, every day. He's such a positive spirit, and he's such a nice guy. And you can tell he's, like, a great soldier, too. Just, I want more of him around. Why not Why not have a show of, like, him and Jimmy Woo just doing things? Yes! Yes! All day, every day. Marvel, get on that. This is my pitch. Joaquin Torres and Jimmy Woo. People would watch it. I really think they would. Like, even if it was just, like, a miniseries, like, yeah. Heck yeah. Yes, please. Do it for us, Marvel. We deserve something wholesome for once. Don't get me wrong, I love all the drama, I love all the fighting, but man, those two are too pure for this world, and they deserve a lot more recognition. (sighs) Alright, well, this was exhausting, but (laughs) we are almost at the end here, folks. I'm very excited. This has been quite the ride, and... I'm less worried now about the plot sweater. I'm seeing it more of it come together. I think we just got to like, you know, finish the tail end here and finish up the sleeves. Just got to do the finishing work. <laughs> We're almost there. Yeah, just in time for summer, folks. Well, summer for us anyways. It's hot. <laughs> uh, sorry, international listeners. Uh- <laughs> Anyways, yeah. All right. Well, that's all I got. Well, thank you all so much for listening. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can, of course, follow us on uh, Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at NerdAlertPod. And you can also email us at NerdAlertGirlsPodcast at gmail.com. And you can visit our website, NerdAlertGirls.tumblr.com. And definitely, if you have a chance, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find our show. Um, So we will be just deeply appreciative but thank you in the meantime for for listening we really appreciate having you all around and i wasn't kidding about the international listeners like 12 percent of our people who listen to us regularly are from outside of the united states so y'all are cool thanks for listening yeah thank you so much for all your support we really appreciate it we started this off by doing it for fun but it's nice to see that people are having fun with us so thank you all so much for listening thank you for coming with us on this journey And I guess we'll see you next time where we all sit at the edge of our seats to see what happens next on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then after, well, what? We got Loki next, I think? Yeah. Yeah. All right. We haven't had a chance to really talk about the trailer or anything because we've been busy with our weekly recaps of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But definitely know that that is a top of mind for our next next steps in the podcast. So stay tuned for that as well. Definitely. Just... Can't wait to see what else Marvel has to offer. Can't wait to see what more we can get out of the amazing Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes. So, again, thank you all so much for listening and joining us on... Nerd Alert! Girls. (laughs) Bye! Bye.